Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Sheila Zielinski Show today. I have a fantastic guest. But before I jump into the program, I would like to encourage people that are not supporting this ministry, please do consider becoming a financial partner of this ministry for any amount and make sure that this broadcast stays on the air. Airtime has increased. A lot of things have gone up, and I'm asking for your help. You can find many ways to donate, including Cash App, Zelle, Venmo, PayPal, and many other ways. We have made it very easy and convenient for you to support the broadcast. And I really thank you for your support. I would love it if you could become a monthly Patreon supporter because it's been suggested lately to put everything behind a paywall. And then things are just not going to be available for people without signing up on that paywall, which is going to be a lot of administrative work. So I really hope people do get behind. I think you'll agree with me, a very worthwhile ministry. It's all about equipping the saints for these end times, especially deliverance and spiritual warfare, because we certainly are in a spiritual battle, folks. Well, I have a fantastic guest today. He's going to get into a topic I've wanted to cover for a while. It is the one and only Dr. William Schnoblin. I'm going to hand you the mic, get into this fantastic teaching, and you throw it back to me when you're ready. Thank you. Lately, you know, what little TV we watch, which is very little, we see a lot of these advertisements, the commercials, you know, for the shrine hospitals. And all these pathetic-looking children, obviously I feel for the children, but at the same time, I just feel like we need to get the truth out about this stuff because this is a multi-billion dollar organization. Yes, they do some good, but I'm going to kind of get into that later on in the program. But I just felt like I wanted to get out the dark underbelly of this because I don't think I've talked about the shrine on your program. If I have, it's been a good many years. And it is a huge spiritual quagmire. I'm going to just start by explaining a few things because I know most of your listeners probably have not gone through the occult like I have. At least I pray they haven't. They have not been things like witches or sorcerers or Freemasons for that matter. I wanted to explain because people ask, how do you get drawn into this stuff? And just very quickly, I want to explain a couple things. When I was a third degree witch, now this is way back. This is in 1973. I was also an ordained spiritualist minister. In other words, I was a medium. And that's sort of an outdated term now. Now they're called trance channelers. But I would have spirit guides come through me. Ascended masters, if you will. All this kind of junk. That now it's become more well known. But back then it was very much kind of a tiny little niche thing. And so I had these spirit guides. And additionally... I was given this book, Initiation in Hermetics by Franz Barden, which was a very heavy-duty occult book. I mean, back then it was so heavy-duty you couldn't even buy it. You had to ask for it, and they'd bring it out from behind the counter, and you had to be vouched for by a high-level witch to even buy the thing. Now you can get it on Amazon. Powerful occult exercises to open up your third eye, among other things. So, along the way, I went down to Arkansas to study under the Grand Master Druid of all North America. I've probably mentioned this before, but what I may not have said is that one of the pieces of advice this guy told me was that I should join the Masonic Lodge at my first opportunity. Here, this guy was one of the highest level witches or druids in America, and he was endorsing the Blue Lodge. Then, here's what happened. A couple years after that, I had an opportunity to join the Lodge. And in 1976, I went through the third degree, Master Mason. And at the beginning of that, 
initiation, the second half, you were told that the first degree that the lodge prayed for you. But now, in the third degree, before I was to enter on this perilous journey, quote-unquote, I was supposed to pray for myself. And they said, either silently or out loud, whichever you prefer. Well, I had a spirit guide who told me what to pray, and he told me to pray it out loud. And so I did. And these Masons were all so impressed with the fact that I had prayed out loud. It was like, oh my God, you know. And they came up afterwards, and nobody's ever done that in all our years of initiating anybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they said, we can tell because of what you did today that you are going to go far in the Masons. Now, I told you that story because I want you to understand that this is how this winnowing process happens. Because most Masons aren't occultists. A lot of Masons are good people. They're not perverts. They're not child abusers. But unfortunately, a lot of them are. And I would just submit to you that there is a, an undercurrent within these organizations that makes this so. Now, the second thing I want to share with you before we get into the Masons and the Shriners specifically, when I joined the Shrine, which a lot of you don't even know, the Shrine is part of the Masons. I'm talking about that more in a minute. But when I joined the Shrine, one of my highest level spirit guides told me, now listen to this, they told me that I was going to be given in the course of this initiatic rite into the Shrine organization a choice that I could go either to worship at the Shrine in Jerusalem or take the road to worship at the Shrine in Damascus. Okay? Now, most people in America, and this is primarily an American organization, being somewhat literate in the Bible, would probably say, I want to go to Jerusalem. But we're going to find out the truth behind this in a few minutes. So let's move on. Here's the deal. The Shriners are part of the Masons. And again, a lot of people don't know that. They see these Shriner commercials, and they see the little logo with the Shriner with his little red hat holding the kid with his crutches, and it's also touching. But this is part of the Masonic order. In fact, they are the pinnacle of the Masonic order. In other words, the Masonic order in America is shaped like a Y. There's the Blue Lodge, which is at the bottom, first three degrees. And then it forks into two parts, just like a Y. And you have the Scottish Rite and you have the York Rite. There's 29 degrees in the Scottish Rite. There's seven degrees in the York Rite. If you go through one or the other or both of those forks in the Y, then and only then can you join the shrine. And when you join the shrine, you get to have all of this fun stuff. You know, that's what they tell you. You get to, you have clowns, you have parades and circuses. You get to ride around on little tiny miniature motor scooters and parades and, you know, generally act like an idiot. You can be part of the Camel Corps, which means you get to ride a camel, which I would not want to do anyway. <laughs> and, you know, you could be part of the Oriental Band, which means you get to dress up like an Arab and play, you know, Middle Eastern instruments, all this stuff. And what people don't know, people don't know a lot about the shrine, but this is one of the lesser important secrets is that the title of it is the Ancient and Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. Now, that's A-A-O-N-M-S. That's an anagram that if you move it around, it spells a mason. So to be a Shriner, you have to be a mason. And that means, now understand me, you have to go through all the dark spiritual baggage of the Blue Lodge, York Rider, Scottish Rite. 
That means taking oaths, horrible, blood-curdling oaths that are forbidden by the Bible. That means denying Christ. Because a lot of pastors are Masons. A lot of deacons are Masons. And again, this depends on denominations. But like in Southern Baptist Church, Masonry is huge. This was in the 80s. 40% of Southern Baptist pastors were Freemasons. Now that's horrifying. Because people ask me, how high do you have to get in Masonry before you realize how evil it is? Well, there's different answers to that question. But that's why we, we did a DVD with David Bay at Cutting Edge Ministries about a decade ago. It was called Freemasonry, Fatal in the First Degree. And you can get that on our website at withoneaccord.org. And I would submit to you that everything you need to know that's evil about Masonry, you can find out in the first degree. There is enough in the first degree to kill you spiritually, to destroy you spiritually. Imagine you're a Christian, and right at the beginning of the initiation rite, I remember this well. And mind you, I wasn't a Christian when I did this. I was a witch. I was also an Episcopalian, but I didn't know Jesus Christ from a doorknob at that time. You're taken to the door of the lodge, you're blindfolded, you got this cable toe, which is like a, a blue satin rope around your neck. And you're made a knock on the door of the lodge by this junior warden, a lodge officer. And somebody says from the other side of the lodge door, because you're outside the lodge, who comes here? And the guy says, Mr. Bill Snevlin, who has long been in darkness and now seeks to be brought to light to receive a part in the rights and benefits of this worshipable lodge erected to God and dedicated to the Holy Saints John, as all brothers and fellows have done before him. Now, here's the problem. If you're a Christian, and you're saying you have long been in darkness, now Christ is the light of the world. How can you be in darkness if you have Christ in your heart, if you have him lighting your life up? And the second part of that is, you are basically saying that masonry can give you light that Christ cannot give you. Now, mind you, most people don't think that through. Even most pastors don't think that through. But that is a implicit denial of Christ. It's, uh, it's the worshipful master is the physical person, but it's Baal worship is what it is. And, you know, the problem is, and this is the other thing, first degree, you have to kneel at this altar Put your, you're told, because you're blindfolded, you're told to put your hands on a book, which you're told is the Holy Bible. It's this big King James Bible. And you're told to swear this oath, and they lead you through this oath, which is the mildest of the blood-curdling oaths that you go through in the lodge over the d- different degrees. Every degree has its own oath. And at the end of this oath, you swear that you would have your throat cut your tongue torn out by the roots and buried in the sands of the sea where the tide ebbs and flows twice in 24 hours. If you should ever violate this oath, I'm making it short for the sake of time. But that's what you do. First of all, Yahushua said in Matthew chapter 5 to not swear oaths, to let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, for anything else cometh from the evil one. And to reinforce that, James In his epistle, chapter 5, verse 12, says, Above all things, my brethren, swear no oaths. So help me God. That's how the oath ends. I mean, it's just like the thing you do when you're in a courtroom, except it's more verbose. It's very lengthy and goes on and on and on and on. But anyway, now that alone is a problem. You've got the oaths. You've got the denial of Christ. 
you've got the fact that in the lodge you're forbidden from witnessing Yahushua. You can't go to another lodge brother who you think probably is not a Christian and help lead him to Christ. That's forbidden. You cannot do that. And that is because Masonry preaches universalism, that all religions are the same. They have equal weight. And of course, that's contrary to the Bible. And again, you may have to drill down a little bit to find this out. But in the third degree, it talks about how the altar of Masonry invites all religions to the hospitable bosom of its altar. That's third degree. So that's not like you're way up in a 33rd degree or something. So it's universalism. And that is a universally acknowledged heresy, unless you belong to the Unitarian Church, which is not even a Christian church, in my humble opinion. So you've got all these issues here. And the shrine is rooted in this. You know, the two major taproots of the shrine are Freemasonry and Islam. And remember what Yahushua said in Matthew 7, 17, an evil tree cannot bear good fruit. So folks may say, well, gee, you know, my dad was a Mason or my uncle was a Mason or a Shriner or whatever. And he was a really good guy. He went to church every Sunday, you know, the whole thing. So this is going to be controversial. I'm probably going to upset people, but there are basically two kinds of Masons. There are ignorant ones that are deceived because most people, even most Christians, lack spiritual discernment. And the second kind of Masons are evil. You're either ignorant or you're evil. I was a witch. I was a pagan. I knew when I got into Masonry that I was being recommended to do so, not by a Christian, but by the highest level Druid in North America. I knew it was pagan. I knew it was idolatry. And I thought that was a good thing because that's how deceived I was. But the vast majority of Masons are probably some sort of Christian or Jew. A lot of Jews that are Masons. They're not the serious Orthodox kind of Jews, but, you know, the secular Jews. So that's what you got. You know, if you're a Mason and you're listening to this program, you're either deceived or you're evil. Take your pick. And if you're deceived, I'm here to turn the light bulb on for you, brother. So buckle up. Now, what happened with me? I was initiated in the shrine. This is where it gets pretty deep. In 1980. So we're talking 40 years ago. This was in the, the jurisdiction of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin shrine. And these things vary a little bit from state to state, and they may also have changed over the decades. But let me tell you what goes on. Number one, you got to get a doctor's exam. They have a battery of doctors that will examine you because what happens in the future can be dangerous. Now, there were a dozen or so guys in my class. We were told to, to take off all of our clothes, get their underwear. We were made to be barefoot and blindfolded, okay? Now, there's a stage upon which this initiation took place, and there were, I don't know, 50 to 100 guys out there in the audience watching. You know, they were Shriners. And there were a dozen or so guys in my class. So we were made to walk in blindfolded. First, now you got to understand, there's a lot of Arabic imagery in the shrine because it's supposed to be an Islamic kind of thing. And we were made to walk the burning sands of the Sahara Desert. And what that meant is we would walk, each one of us in front of the other, putting our hands on the fellow's shoulder, you know, in front of us so that we wouldn't wander off. 
and we were made to walk on this rug that had electrical wires in it so that we would get our feet singed by the electricity going through these wires, okay? That's why they had us take an exam, is because if somebody had a heart condition or a pacemaker, you couldn't do that. So that was the most mild part of the thing. Then, later on, it gets better. So again, we're on this big stage. They made us all to get down on our hands and knees, blindfolded, and we were all made to suck on hot wieners, you know, hot dogs. As, as we were trying to do that, they were dangling these things on a string. So you can imagine that was kind of challenging. On top of that, they were poking all of us in the butt with hat pins. Now, isn't that special? Then we were taken before what they call the ritual divan. This is a bunch of guys that are the lodge officers, and they're all dressed up like Arab potentates. They look like something out of the Arabian Nights. And mind you, this was 1980. This was back when hardly anybody knew much about Islam. And the whole idea of Islamic fundamentalism and, you know, the Ayatollah there in Iran and all that had just happened. So it was not really on anybody's radar much back then. This is almost 20 years before 9-11. So, but there was all this Arabic Islamic stuff going on. So we were made to kneel. Again, we're still blindfolded on this altar and put our hands on the holy scriptures, which we were told was the holy Quran. Frankly, back then, I would have known the Quran from a phone book. But anyhow, so we, we put our hands on this Quran and swear this oath in the name of Allah, the God of my forefathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Muslim, Muhammadan, and Din. That's a direct quote out of the ritual. Now, and there are dire consequences for breaking this oath. You are told that if you break this oath, that you will have your eyes pierced by red-hot three-cornered daggers, and your skull will be smitten off, and your brain will be exposed to the hot desert sun. Now, can you imagine a pastor going through that? I mean, it's appalling. But yet I know personally, when I was in this, I knew a Methodist pastor who was a Shriner. What would John Wesley have said to them? Now, here's where it gets really kind of creepy. You're saying this is already pretty creepy, but it gets worse. At that point, I was given a choice. All of the guys were, the 12 guys that were in this group. We could choose to worship at the shrine in Jerusalem or travel to worship at the shrine at Damascus. Now, the spirit guides told me to pick Damascus. So I did. And here's what I was shuttled off. I was the only guy that picked Damascus. Everybody else picked Jerusalem. And again, I'm still blindfolded. They took me somewhere else, I don't know where, and they gave me this pipe to smoke. This wasn't my first rodeo in terms of dope, but this was hashish. This stuff was something else. And I learned later on it was a special blend of hashish from the mountains of Alamut, which is in Iraq. I got so stoned off of this stuff. And then they had me take off my blindfold, and there was this guy there dressed like a clown. I was so out of it, you know, this is the most powerful, other than using LSD, which I've also done, unfortunately, this was the most powerful kind of thing I'd ever smoked in my life. They took me into this room, and there was this girl there, 
they told me I was supposed to have sex with her. And I was so stoned, I didn't know what I was doing. And away we went, you know, and we, yeah, I did it. It was a, it was a tantric initiation. I'm ashamed to tell it, but that's what happened. This opened up huge doorways for me to be hit with all kinds. I mean, I already had so many demons in me, you couldn't count them. But this brought in a whole new level of stuff. And I will tell you, after that happened, I really, really was struggling with all sorts of evil stuff. And this, I believe, is the reason why so many Shriners turn out to be perverts. Because, frankly, they do. Now, at the end of all of this, I was taken back out with the other guys. I I don't think they got hashish or anything. And I was still stoned out of my mind. They gave us all these fezes, conical red hats. And they said... Wear this with pride. This is the sign that you are a member. You are a noble of the mystic shrine. Wear this fez with the same pride as if you you were wearing your Masonic apron. And you were told when you got that apron that when you're wearing that apron, never do anything that you would be ashamed to do in front of your mother. These guys must have some really strange mothers. Shriners are notorious. Somebody who, who had a ministry in Vegas decades ago told me when the Shrine Convention came to Vegas, they would ship in hookers from California, from Colorado by the busload because every Shriner had to have his hooker. And you know, I mean, Vegas is like a mecca for hookers. This is what these guys are doing. And it's notorious because like in Milwaukee, Pfizer was this old, really luxurious downtown hotel. I could be wrong about that because it's been decades ago. But they were famous. They, the Shriners would have their convention there every few years. And you'd see naked Shriners running down the hallways chasing girls wearing nothing but their fezzes. It's just disgusting. In fact, when I joined, when I was joining the Shriners, one of the women in our coven said, well, why are you joining the Shriners, you know? And I said, well, because the spirit guides told me there were things I was supposed to learn from them. And this girl said to me, she said, well, it must be that they want to teach you how to pinch strange women in the butt on street corners, because that's all the Shriners do with me. I thought, well, that's a little weird. But that's who these people are. And I'm not saying all Shriners are like this, or that all Masons are like this. But here's the problem. There's this creeping spiritual rot that enters an individual, that enters a man when they become a Mason. And it just gets worse and worse and worse the higher you go. And of course, the Shriners are just about as high as you can go. The only thing that's higher would be the 33rd degree. Many of these men end up being drawn into pedophilia, into homosexuality, into all manner of evil. And believe me, I prayed with many of them over the decades that have done unspeakable things that, you know, you would not even believe. And some of them end up in prison for it. They're dealing with underage children and all manner of evil. And it starts out with having this cloud over them. They've opened up this doorway. And people, and I want people to understand this, when you commit a sin or when you get involved, I mean, a serious sin, like if you commit adultery, or if you join one of these occult groups, you open a huge door. Even if you're a Christian, you say, well, Jesus will protect me. Hallelujah. Well, 
that's like saying, well, if I go to a prostitute, will Jesus protect me from getting, you know, a sexually transmitted disease? No, that's not how it works. You have to be righteous. You have to keep his commandments. Now, nobody's perfect. We understand that. But to be in the shrine and to be doing this kind of evil stuff, you aren't going to be protected. It's like throwing the door wide open and let, letting every demon in hell come into you. I mean, if you have if you have a relation with a prostitute, you're inviting 500 bazillion demons into yourself, believe me, because of the right, unrighteous soul ties. The other thing that I need to mention briefly is this fez thing, because the fez is the hat that you see Shriners wear. And it's also, it's a hat that the North African Muslims wear that are from Morocco. The city of Fez, for which this hat is named, is in Morocco. Now, here's the deal. Shriners are so proud of this Fez, they don't know its history. And this was told me by Mick Oxley. He was a former Muslim and a former Freemason who got saved out of it and became a minister to Masons. He was in the Royal Air Force, and he was stationed in North Africa with Monty Montgomery, the British general. He was his pilot. And anyhow, he told me that what what the, the Muslims told him in Fez is that they were so proud of this hat because what happened was a huge army of Muslims descended on the city of Fez, which was a Christian city in North Africa. And they said, you know, convert or we'll kill you. Well, the Christians said, no, we're not becoming Muslims, you know, forget it. And so they slaughtered the Christians. They slaughtered 10,000 Christians. And the streets were literally running with the blood of these martyrs. And so to celebrate this great victory, the Muslims dipped their turbans in the blood of the martyrs and put them back on their heads. That's why the peculiar color of those fezes, which looks like the color of dried blood, kind of a dark red. And here, you're a Christian, maybe you're a pastor, and you're wearing that thing on your head. Again, I didn't know better. I was a total spiritual dummy because I was up to my eyeballs in Satanism and witchcraft and all the rest. But if you're a pastor and you've read the Bible, and hopefully you've read the Bible if you're a pastor, I mean, and you, of course, again, people don't know this stuff. They don't know the history of these things. And yet, what does it say in Hosea 4, 6? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And I know, I know I've told this story before on your show, but I feel like I need to tell it one more time. That we had a young mother come to us and her son was emotionally disturbed and he was very much behind in terms of his reading of his, his you know his academic skills i think he was like 10 years old but he was only like reading at a four or five year old level and she said can you help us because she knew we did deliverance and when we kind of went through things with her it turns out that this mother's father was a shriner and that when he had died in his will he left his fez to this boy, his grandson. And it was sitting there in a place of honor in the kid's bedroom. And we told the mother, I said, I know this is going to be hard to hear, but we explained the whole dynamic of generational curses and how the sins of the fathers come down to the children, you know, uh, Exodus 20, verse 5. And I said, what you need to do is you need to pray and if possible, have your son pray and renounce these ancestral curses from the grandfather, and they need to destroy that fez. And so she went back and she explained this to her son, who turned out to be a real little hero. And he said, no, I, I, you know, I love my grandpa, but this is not right. And he took the fez out on the back patio, you know, and took a hammer and smashed all because 
all these fezes have jewelry on them, you know, like costume jewelry that spell out the name of the temple or whatever. Smash it to bits, then then the, the part that was cloth, they threw it in the fire and burned it to a crisp and prayed over it. Hallelujah. And what happened is literally within a week, that boy was reading at his grade level in one week, and all of his emotional problems went away. That is the power of this sort of bondage, but it's also the power of the cross of Messiah to set people free. So, again, there is no hurt that hell has that heaven cannot heal. Hallelujah. Okay, got a couple more things to talk about here. It gets even deeper. Have you heard of the Jesters? Well, the Jesters are an elite organization within the Shriners. You have to be really rich or really powerful. This is kind of like the swamp, if you will. And their symbol is a little golden naked baby sitting cross-legged with a crown on his head. Sometimes he has a crown, sometimes he has a fez. And he holds in his hand a scepter. And on the end of the scepter is a swastika, the Nazi swastika, mind you, not the one you will occasionally see in India, because the Nazi swastika rotates to the left, which is considered evil. The one that you'll occasionally see on Hindu things, which are they're also evil too, but they rotate to the right. Now, the motto underneath this little bait, it's called a billykin. That's the term for this little thing. It says, the gestures where mirth is king. And I, with that, if that were so, that would be okay, because I have nothing against mirth. But these guys are really perverts. We have had so many women come to us with reports, documentation of rape, child abuse, prostitutes. This one woman came to us. She had been in Texas. Every week, her husband would invite his, her, his jester, Shriner buddies, over for poker. And he would tie her up on the bed naked in the bedroom. And whoever won the hand would get to go in and rape her. And this was just the way it was. I mean, she had no say in it. And she tried going to the police. They said, hey, tough, you know, we're all Masons. We aren't going to do anything. And she went to the sheriff, the same thing. Finally, she had to flee the state because she was being sexually abused every week. And another woman told us the same exact story from a, from a place in Oklahoma. I think it was Tulsa. She said that her husband was doing this to her, but then one time she found like this program because he would go out to this big ranch every now and then where they would have these big jester parties. And she looked at the program and it had the usual stuff, you know, dinner, blah, 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 you know, entertainment, blah, blah, blah. And it was a, we're going to have the riding the bull contest. Then we're going to have the riding the heifer contest. Now, she told me, this woman was up in years, and she said, my husband was like, you know, 70 years old. He ain't going to be riding no bulls. And she asked him about it. He says, well, that's just code. Riding the bull means you get to have sex with a male prostitute. Riding the heifer means you get to have sex with a female prostitute. This is the jesters. And they're doing all this wearing their fezes. And we have had many, many people come to us saying they were sexually abused by these jesters when they were children. Horrible stuff. They needed enormous amounts of deliverance. And you can imagine. So this is the organization that's like at the elite pinnacle 
of the shrine organization. And you really have to be somebody pretty important or else very rich to get into it. So speaking of wealth, one final thing. People, after all of this, they will say, but look at all the good they do with their hospitals. They have these hospitals. And they do. I think they have 21 or 22 hospitals around the country. And they do indeed take care of children that are either um, crippled in some way, maybe they have birth defects or whatever, and also burn, burn victims, I think. They do it for free, which is okay, that's fine. I have no problem with that, except for the fact that you go into that hospital with your child, and you, you know, like any hospital, I'm sure you sign papers. And we did a teaching on this, I think, here on this show a couple of years ago, but I'll just repeat it. You need to be aware of the fact that when you sign documents, like to go into a hospital, even to get a loan or to get a credit card or whatever it might be, you're entering into a covenant with some sort of institution, either medical or financial, that is probably a heathen institution, okay? We know the shrine hospitals are pagan institutions, and that's not we're not supposed to be doing that. But in this day and age, there's no choice. You know, if you want to go to a hospital, you've got to sign papers. But you can plead the blood over your signature. But understand this, parents. When you sign that paper for your poor child, which has some sort of unfortunate condition, you are giving spiritual authority to that hospital over that child. And if the shrine is as evil as I am saying it is, I'm not sure you want to do that. Then, There is the fact that we have had at least a half dozen people over the last 10 years tell us that their kids were sexually molested in shrine hospitals. So that's another whole layer of evil. So, I mean, I understand it is a horrible thing to be a parent, to have a child with some kind of horrible crippling disease or, you know, maybe burned or whatever it might be. I mean, I understand these are beyond horrible things, but... You need to really pray about this. And if, if you end up thinking, well, I, I have no choice financially. My child needs this. You know, I, I understand that. I'm not judging you. But I would say, pray the living daylights over that child. And as much as you possibly can, do not leave that child alone in that hospital. I'm serious. Because we've had enough. They say when there's smoke, there's fire. And we've had at least a half dozen people tell us that their kid was molested. Understand, too, that these hospitals, and I just looked this up just to be sure my figures are current, they have an over $8 billion endowment with which they run these hospitals. $8 billion bucks. It's the largest charity in the nation, the Shrine Hospitals. I didn't know they were that big, but they are. But actually, only 10% of the money you donate, like if you respond to these commercials you see or whatever, actually goes to the hospital because this endowment is big enough, those hospitals can just run off the interest. You know how it works. So the rest goes to these lavish lifestyles of these high-level shrine potentates. Because I'll tell you, I was in the uh, the shrine in Milwaukee, which was the Tripoli Shrine on, on Wisconsin Avenue. You ought to see that thing. It looks like the Taj Mahal. Literally, it looks like a small version of the Taj Mahal, and inside it is so opulent. Gems are everywhere. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of gaudy. I mean, I hate to say it, but it looks kind of like you know the way Donald Trump's penthouse looks. You know, gold and stuff everywhere, and this and that. You know, and huge amounts of money, and it's being paid for with donations. 
from people that think they're giving money to help crippled children. These are pseudo-Arabic playboy clubs is what they are. And remember one other thing, and I'll leave this, kind of bring this to a close. The mafia in its day, I don't even know if the mafia even still exists, but in its day, it did a lot of good too. The mafia, because these dons, the you know these big guys in the in the mafia, they were all Catholics. They were Italian or Sicilian Catholics, and they would give a lot of money to the Catholic Church because they thought that by doing that, they could somehow atone for some of their sins. Okay, and so they would build hospitals, they would build orphanages, they would build churches. For, for the Catholic Church, you know, donating millions of dollars, you know, so on and so on. But does that mean you want to join the Mafia? Of course not. So the fact that the Masons and or the Shriners have charitable institutions, that doesn't mean you should join them. If you're in a decent church, that church probably is doing charity work. And if they're not, they shouldn't be a church because one of the primary functions of a church is to help the needy. You know, that's all over the epistle of James, to help the needy. So that's not a good reason to get into the shrine or to give them money, okay? So to kind of bring this to a close, my advice is that if you're a Mason or if you're a Shriner, you need to repent. If you're not a born-again believer, you need to get born again. If you are a born-again believer, you need to repent. You need to renounce formally, kneel before the throne of Elohim and renounce it and say, I'm sorry, Father, I got into these things. I didn't know that they were as bad as I have now learned that they are. Please forgive me and get deliverance. You've got to get deliverance because believe me, when you knelt at the altar of the Masonic Lodge and when you knelt at the altar of the Scottish Rite of the York Rite and when you knelt at the altar of the shrine, you were kneeling to Baal or to Allah or to some other false god along the way. And you were swearing allegiance to these deities, to these demons, these fallen celestial beings. So you need to repent of that. You need to get deliverance. You need to send demit letters. That's a formal letter that you send to the lodge. And we have an example of one available on our website, which is withoneaccord.org. And send that by registered letter to your local lodge and to the Grand Lodge. And if you were in these other organizations like the Scottish Rite, York Rite, or Shrine, I would recommend sending copies to them as well. Demand that your name be taken off the rolls immediately. Okay? And here's the thing. It is required by the rules of masonry that when you send a letter like that to your lodge, the secretary of the lodge is required to read it out loud to the whole lodge. So it's your way of witnessing to the other members of the lodge, most of whom are in the same boat that you were in. They didn't know any better. They were good men who had been deceived into joining this thing, this spiritual swamp, this pervert clown posse. I always wondered when I was a kid why I was terrified of clowns. Now I know. And let me just say one other quick thing. Like this woman I just mentioned a few minutes ago, if you have ancestors that were masons or shriners, you need to pray and break ancestral curses. You may be totally innocent of this stuff yourself, your children the same, but if this is in your ancestry, we have the prayers to do that on our website at withoneaccord.org. Well, and a lot of these wizards and witches, William, are also high-level Freemasons. So a wizard in a coven is very interchangeable with being a Shriner or a Mason. Yeah. Again, witch, witchcraft, like many other things, has gone into many different permutations. But yeah, covens, 
some of them are lesbian feminist covens that only have women but most of them are both men and women and they are ruled typically by a high priestess with her male consort who's the high priest that's what i was uh you have a nine foot circle okay and you'd it'd be kind of crowded if you had more than 13 adult people in a, in a nine foot circle and there there are occult geomantic reasons why it has to be nine feet it's what is called earth commensurate measurement it's got to be 13 like the thing we were taught in i was in the alexandrian rite and we had aradia and carnena aradia was the goddess carnena was the god and uh, then there was also a secret name later on we got in third degree. But we would have the person renounce those. Those would be the deities. And those are going to vary from coven to coven because there are all these different traditions. There's Dianic tradition. There's Gardnerian tradition. There's Druidic. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Because just like any other human institution, witchcraft has fractured and fragmented into a bazillion. You know, people make fun of the of the Protestant Church because there's like ten thousand or so. Maybe I've heard forty thousand different Protestant denominations. They're called traditions, and each one of those are going to have their own god and goddess. So, if you're leading someone out of a Wicca group, you know, Hallelujah, getting them saved, you just ask them, okay, who did you pray to? What was it? Was it Diana and Lucifer? Was it Arati and Carnena? Was it, you know, whatever? The Church of Satan states that they don't really believe in Satan. They just use him as an archetype, a symbol of rebellion. But I got up to second degree, and I, I think that's actually nonsense. I think they really do worship Satan. Well, just at the Masons, they have this outer thing that they present to the public, and then they have the inner group, the inner circle, and that's how almost all of the Mormons are that way, the Masons are that way, all these different groups. They have the inner circle, which is vastly different than the outer, what the outer circle believes. But they would have four principal deities, Lucifer, Satan, Belial, and Leviathan. And Baphomet, that would be another one. We were to bring somebody out of Satanism, had that we you'd have them renounce, you know, those four names and probably Baphomet too. Now you've got some other resources, even Freemasonry. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how folks can find some of your handiwork. Yeah. We have a book on masonry. It's called Masonry Beyond the Light. And we have a lot of DVDs on masonry. I think at least a half dozen. Plus, it's other organizations like the Eastern Star and the Lay. We have a DVD about the Lay, which is the youth order of, of, of the masons for boys. And uh, anyway, we have our YouTube channel, which is Dr. William Snevlin. And we're now up to, I think, 170 videos we have up. Uh, and we're, we try to come out with one a week. And we also, on our website, we have, I mentioned already, deliverance prayers that people can download. We have warfare prayers. We have prayers for emotional healing. And I'll say this, too. If people want more detailed information on the shrine, we have one of our subheadings on our main menu we have you know teachings and we have straight talks and we have something like 50 different straight talks and one of them is on the shrine and you can download that i think it's a i don't know 15 or 20 page document with footnotes and everything you can get all this information written down for you in a little more detail than you can do on a radio show so we've got that and we have also uh audio teachings most of them are 
are from radio shows like your excellent broadcast. We got all this stuff is available, and you can certainly donate to our ministry. Or if you want to send a check or a money order, they can do that. The address is on our website. So, you know, we invite your prayers as well because we, like almost anybody nowadays, are really getting a lot of spiritual warfare more than usual. It's been a very rough 12 months. Yes, we will be asking people to pray for both of our ministries. If you could end us in prayer, William, and then I'm going to get into some deliverance at the end here, but uh, please do close us out in prayer. Thank you. Okay, Father, thank you so much again for this time together. It's really a blessing to the body. And Father, we pray that this broadcast would go forth and that it, the archive of it would go forth and it would reach thousands, if not millions, of ears with the message of the dangers of the Masonic order and the occult. Father, in Yahushua's name, we pray that it would set thousands of people free. And Father, we also pray again for your protection over us and our families. Please, Father, protect us. Put your shield of faith over us. Put your large shield of favor over us now and always. And we pray Shabbat Shalom for our listeners. Thank you, Father, for our freedom. Help us to keep it and help us to continue to have the freedom we have through Christ. In Yahushua's mighty name we pray. Amen. Folks, that was Dr. William Schnobelin. His information is linked in the description below. And now let's get into some deliverance prayer for the folks that maybe you're out there listening and you've been involved with the Freemasons or the Shrine. And we're going to get into some deliverance prayer right now. And what's important in that is to break the curses, closing the door, and commanding the demons to come out in the name of Jesus. That's important because when you're formally renouncing all your involvement in the Lodge of Freemasonry and York Rite, Scottish Rite, and the Mystic Shrine, it's very important to close the door, break the curses, and then command the demons to come out. So right now, I want to pray over God's people. This is really important. I want you to repeat this after me. In the name of Jesus, I formally renounce all of my involvement in the Lodge of Freemasonry and York Rite, Scottish Rite, or any other Lodge of Freemasonry and the Mystic Shrine. I stand in the gap right now for my forefathers and repent for any and all Freemasonry in my family line. I renounce all the idolatry, the whoredoms, the iniquity, and the defilement that came in my generation line all the way back, even to Adam and Eve. I close the door right now, and I break those curses. And now I'm going to do deliverance. You just received this, and uh, I hope people get very free. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I command any familiar spirits and all demons that came into the people of God through their involvement with these groups and any other religious sins that they may have committed to get out of the people right now. Leave now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of Baal, the spirit of Tubal-Cain, the spirit of Hiram Abiff, the spirit of Baphomet, I bind you and break your power and I command you to loose the people now. We loose the judgments of God on you and we call in angels to pull these things out of the people. Go in there, angels, and put hooks in their jaws and pull them out. The spirit of Jabulon, I bind you and break your power. I command you to get out of the people now. The spirit of Baphomet, go. The spirit of Dagon, Chemosh, 
Baal, Marduk. Let's go. I break your power. Come on. And for the shrine, the spirit of Allah, I bind you and break your power right now. Manifest and come out of the people right now. The spirit of our Raman, our Rahim. Let's go. I bind you and break your power. Come out of the people now. Let's go. Move the spirit of Iblis. Let's go. The spirit of Al-Uzzah to the spirit of Shaitan, the spirit of Manat. Let's go. I command you to go to the feet of Jesus Christ, to be tormented before your time, you fell spirits. Get off the people right now. Folks, take a deep breath and blow it out. Let's go. Move. Come on, angels, come in there. Come on, all Scottish right, 15th, 16th, whatever degree it was, I bind you and break your power. All Babylonian magic spirits, come out in Jesus' name. Let's go. All temple spirits, Zerubbabel spirits, come on, let's go. I bind you and break your power. All degrees of Freemasonry, the Scottish right, right up to the 33rd degree and even higher, the spirits of Haram. Let's go. The house of Kadash, we bind you and break your power. All those great architect spirits, let's go. All Luciferic and Luciferian, including Lucifer, spirit of Lucifer, we bind you and break your power. Spirit of the bride of Satan, we break your power and command you to loose the people of God right now. Let's go in Jesus' name. We bind the strong man over Freemasonry. Come on. We bind up the spirit of death. We break your power and we command you to go. Come on, Brahmas, lawlessness, rebellion, Jezebel, Antichrist. Come on. We break your power and command you to loose the people right now. We bind up all ancestral spirits of Freemasonry. Masonry, idolatry, Baphomet, Brahmas in their family line. Come on, let's go. We break all ungodly soul ties with relatives, partners, oaths that were made, vows, oaths. We break your power and we command you to get out. Eastern Star, Orange Lodge, Buffaloes. Let's go. We break your power right now in the name of Jesus. We command the third eye of Horus to get out. All seeing eye, any psychic power affecting the mind. We bind you and break your power. All Blue Lodge spirits. Let's go. We break your power and we cut the noose, the cable toe from around the neck and destroy the curse of breathing problems, choking, the cutthroat. I bind and break the curse of cutthroat off your family line in Jesus' name. Having your tongue torn out by the root and split from the tip. I bind you and break your power right now. All the hand symbols across the throat, the power, the point of dagger, any blood covenants involving bloodletting, all the apron ceremonies, white aprons, degree aprons. Let's go. We bind you and break your power. All the placing the hand on the breast, touching the Freemasonic Bible, all spirits that came in through any badges, all agreements of the spirit of death. You get off the people right now. Come on, I remove the hoodwink, the cable toe. Let's go, move off. Get out in Jesus' name. All the blasphemy that Satan's the most high. We break your power right now. And we say, in the name of Jesus, I declare that he is the name above all names. All those false gods, let's go. Right now, we bind and break the power of Jabulon. They say the lost word, the master's word. We break your power from those spirits right now. Come on, all infirmities from this, suffering, pain, infirmities like stomach cancer, bowel and cancer. Let's go, move off the people. The divination of the master mason, I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. We break off all rituals, the clothing, the headgear, the fez, the spirit of the fez. We bind you and break your power. Come on, mind control, move off the people. All Renounce all false gods right now. We break the power of the handshake and the oaths and the vows. Let's go, move out. All the curses of pain torture and dishonor, being fired, shunned, disgracefully expelled, exiled. Let's go. We bind you and break your power right now. Come on. Let's go. Move off the people. The curse of violence and death. Let's go. Get off their bodies right now. All the spirits that came in through taking oaths to betray 
Freemasonic secrets. Come on, all the nine Ark of Solomon, the Royal Ark of Enoch, we bind you and break your power. Grand elect, sublime Mason. Let's go, let's go, move off the people. The Rosa Christians, come on, all the Rose Cross degrees. Let's go, we bind you and break your power. The Princes of Jerusalem, the Knight of the Sword, let's go, we bind you and break your power. Knights of the East and West, let's go, move out. Knights of the Pelican, the Eagle, the Sovereign Prince Rose Cross, and the Herodom, let's go, move off the people right now. All spirit guides that they get in touch with, false communions, false commitments, false commandments, let's go, move. The Council of Kadesh, the Grand Pontiff, we bind you and break your power. Master Advitam, the Venerable Grand Master, we bind you and break your power. The Patriarch Spirits, the Prince of Libanus, the Prussian Knight, the Chief of the Tabernacle, Knights of the Brazen Serpent. Let's go. We break your power. Come on, Prince of Mercy. Come on, Scottish Trinitarian. Move off the people. Knight Commander of the Temple, we bind you and break your power. All Eagle Spirits, the Knight of the Black and White Eagle, we break your power. Come on. Let's go. We break the power. The Legend of the Quran, all these Mohammedan faith. Come on the flaming sun spirit of allah let's go the ancient arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine we bind you and break your power and we command the curse of madness the curse of affliction we command you to go to the feet of jesus christ right now in jesus name come on let's go move out come on all physical diseases through their ancestral line and on themselves because the oath pronounced we take authority over them and we command every spirit to come out right now in jesus name all infirmities go now in Jesus name. All mental disorders, nervous disorders, fear. Let's go move in Jesus Christ's name. All difficulties, all those curses that came in through oaths, start moving out. All spirits of the order of the golden dawn move out in Jesus name. Come on, Moose Lodge. Come on, Knights of Columbus, Knights of Python, Knights of the Red Cross, Lions Club, Loyal Orders, all independent orders. Come on, move out. Black Lodge, Buffalo Lodge, the Druids, the Elks, the Eagles, the Fraternal Order, the Eagles. Let's go. Move out in Jesus' name. Come on, Ordo Templi Orientis. Let's go. Move in Jesus' name. All those Royal Orders of the Jesters, the Round Table. Come on, move out in Jesus Christ's name. Order the Eastern Star, White Shrine, all the Daughters of the White Shrine. Shrine, all daughters of shrine. Let's go. We break your power. Order the Eastern Star. Let's go. We bind you and break your power. Let's go. Orange Lodge spirits. Go in Jesus name. All guides and scouts, all new age spirits and Kabbalism, Mormonism. I bind you and break your power and I loose the judgments of God on you right now in Jesus name. All those blasphemy spirits manifest and come out. The lodge or the temple. Come on. Counterfeit Bible. Come on, you spirits. Move. The deception spirits, the seduction spirits, move out. All the regalia, all the Freemasonic rings, the aprons, the axes, the belt clasps, the sword and daggers, the gloves. Let's go. Any kind of cloth, any kind of medallions, rings. Let's go. We break your power. Come out of the people now. All the phallic symbols, the Eastern Star, Eye of Horus, the handshakes. The knot, the royal arch tau cross, come on, six-pointed hexagram, pentagram, skulls, the Maltese cross, let's go. The gauge, the chisel, the compass, the gavel, the level, let's go, move. Protractor, square, move, let's go. All ceremonial clothing and devices, we command those things to be broken right now in Jesus' name. 
all passwords, codes. We loose the judgments of God right now on those things in Jesus' name. Come on, ancient serpents, kundalini serpent. We break your power. Let's go. Move out. Move out of the people right now. We loose the judgments of God on you and call in the angels to go in there with hammers. Let's go. Fire of God, the Zechariah 2.5, fire of the Holy Ghost right now. Move in. Alliance with magic. Move out of their body. All idolatry, the seven shockers of Freemasonry. Come on, let's go. The penal gland. We cut off from every part of their body and we loose healing right now in Jesus' name. Keep breathing them out. And Father God, we just ask you to send angels in there and keep moving that stuff out of the people right now. And we seal this prayer in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We bind up all spirits of backlash, retaliation, revenge, and retribution. And we just cover this prayer with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we just seal it up in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask the Holy Spirit to go in there and minister. Even ministering angels go to the people now. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to just fill those parts that were vacated. And we thank you for what you're doing in the people. In Jesus' name, we pray. And as stuff keeps moving out, folks, we thank you for tuning into the program tonight. We're out of time. We'll see you real soon. Good night, and God bless you.